Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, J.P. Finley from 106.7 The Fan, NBC Sports Washington, and the Washington Football Talk podcast joins me to go over the 53-man roster. Time to geek out, folks, where we see the position battles that will take place in a few weeks, starting in Richmond. We go over each position and highlight a few players. You can follow J.P. on Twitter at J.P. Finley NBCS, and you can also watch him on NBC Sports Washington. And of course, you can read my work on ESPN.com. I'm supposed to be on vacation, so I don't have anything up this week. In the coming weeks, I'll have a few stories popping up that have already been written. Before I play my conversation with JP, a couple things. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler is running a series on ESPN Plus in which he talked to a number of executives and coaches to rank players at each position. Chase Young came in as the number seven pass rusher going into the season, a spot I think is appropriate based on where I think he's going to this year. To crack the top five would be very difficult. He has to surpass guys like Miles Garrett, Khalil Mack, TJ Watt, Joey Bosa, Chandler Jones, and Nick Bosa's up there still as well. Can Young do that in year two? Well, they put him ahead of one of those guys. It's asking a lot, but the fact that he's in the conversation is what matters. He's viewed as a guy who will soon be in that grouping. What I like is that Young clearly improved as a pass rusher in his rookie year. I know his hip was an issue for the first half of the season at least, and that that certainly impacts your get-off. But there were other factors, too, that I think he improved on as the season went on. For example, they wanted him to learn how to cut the tackle in half, something he was not doing early on. His, there were times, and I remember talking to a coach about this, and I asked him, there are times where Chase Young's feet look like they get stopped in his pass rush. And was that a matter of keeping his legs? What was the issue there? Well, the answer was he needed to learn how to cut the tackle in half, pick a side and rush and attack that side. When you go head on too often, that's when you're easier to stop and it's when your feet get stopped. As he improved, he did a good job of picking a half of the blocker and attacking it. From that point on, you didn't see his feet get stopped that often, if at all, and you saw him making more plays, sacks, but also big plays. The combination of health and improved knowledge will vault him rather high. He'll soon give Washington what it hasn't had often enough, a defensive player worthy of being considered the best at his position. That might not happen this year, but in the next couple years, it probably will. As of this taping, there are two other defensive players included in this series. Jonathan Allen was among those receiving votes inside, so he was just outside the top 10 for interior linemen, the interior defensive linemen. One AFC defensive coach called him a complete player. I think he was a bit underrated at times last year. I think there were some games where I thought he was really, really good. San Francisco, I thought he had a great game. The question will be whether or not they can keep him around because of the contract, 
The good thing for Washington is that it does have excellent depth inside. I was a little surprised that Deron Payne was not mentioned even in others receiving votes, but I think a lot of that stems from the fact that he's really not as much a finisher as a pass rusher compared to the others. That's just a guess because I think the guy's really good. Regardless, what you see is Washington has what they have inside are three or four guys capable of playing at a certain level, even if none of them might be pro bowlers. They have talent and they have depth, and that's a good way to build a good defense in the NFL. Finally, the only other defensive player named was corner William Jackson, who was just outside the top 10 as well, among others receiving votes. One NFC executive said of Jackson that he can press, can run, can run with the number ones, and is a physical corner. And I agree with all those assessments. JP and I will talk about him later, but he was such a good signing for Washington, a definite upgrade over Ronald Darby. Anyway, that's it for me. After this break, I'll be back with my conversation with J.P. Finley from NBC Sports Washington, 106.7 The Fan, and the Washington Football Talk podcast. We break down the 53-man roster. Get ready to geek out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let's talk about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy football for big cash prizes. On Underdog Fantasy, you just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog handles it all for you. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in-season management. They're going to give you $25 when you sign up so you can take a free shot at a $1 million grand prize in their fantasy football tournament. That's right. You can get a free $25 in bonus cash on Underdog Fantasy if you use the code KIME, K-E-I-M, when you make your first deposit. I love Underdog because it's just so easy to use. The mobile app is slick. The website is user-friendly. So do what I've been doing. Go to underdogfantasy.com, join a league, draft a team, and that's it. You're good for the season. Remember, go to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or the Google Play Store, sign up with the code KIME, K-E-I-M, and get a free $25 in bonus cash. Welcome back. Now here's my conversation with J.P. Finley. So what I wanted to do with you is just kind of go down the roster, see where you think things are at with each spot, um, some of the key battles that that people that we all need to pay attention to and will be paying attention to, um, et cetera. First, though, I do want to start, before I get into that, for ESPN, um, Jeremy Fowler's doing like a, he talked to executives and coaches and all that, um, ranking players by position. He had the highest so far and probably will be so far, will be overall will be Chase Young. And they had him as the number seven edge rusher going into the season. Can he, and one of the things I have to answer for um, a training camp previews, can he be a top five rusher this year? And there's a lot of guys you have to, there are a few guys you have to vault ahead that are like really, really, really good. But in your mind, where do you think he can be this year? 
Well, in, in no order, who's the top five? Uh, both Bosa's. Well, I think Miles in this order, yeah, my Miles would be number one. You get you still have Khalil, Khalil Mack, okay. T.J. Watt, Chandler Jones is still a guy yeah. who's going to be mentioned there. Von Miller is still up there, um, and you know, believe it or not, like the uh, Bosa on um, Nick Bosa was lower because of the injury he's coming off of. Um, okay. So, but but yet he's going, you know. But that's another guy that you would have to to nudge out and like, not that he can't, but can he do it this year? Who had the eight million sacks for Tampa too? That we're forgetting was that, was that two years ago? Um, that was what two Jack years ago, Barrett. Barrett. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think Chase can crack into the top five though. I, I had to do a predictions thing. So he finished last year with seven and a half sacks. Couldn't you right. see him? Doubling and getting to 15 seems like a lot, but I could certainly see 12 or 13. I mean, he was banged up early in the year dealing with that hip. And I still think he was kind of learning. And and I still, I think as, I mean, his athleticism and kind of desire and work ethic are off the charts. And and he said this, like once the technique kind of matches up with all of that, um, I, I think... I think the forced fumbles and the fumble returns and just kind of the the crazy plays he makes that will that will remain. That's just who he is as a player. But I think the actual like edge rushing technique can improve. And yeah, so I, I think he can get into that top five for sure. It's crazy. Maybe my favorite football play ever, and you're gonna love this. This is this is red meat for you. Um, <laughs> Is it was the Orange Bowl game when I don't remember the Hensel? What was that? The Miami Ohio State game, um, and the QB throws the pick, Craig and Mokler, yeah, Krenzel, and Clarette runs him down and forces a fumble and takes right. the ball off the DB. Right, that was Sean Taylor. Wow, I didn't realize that. I just think Clarette was it like the old Scott McLuhan, like he's just a football player. Right. And, Washington, DC. Sorry, dude. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I think, uh, I think that's chase. Like, I think the yeah. crazy instinctive plays will always be there. That's who he is, but I think he can be a better pass rusher. And I, I certainly think he can be top five. Yeah. And I think he, he just, some guys just make plays and are around the ball to make plays and that's him. And, whether or not he gets there this year, he's going to be there for a long time. It's just a matter of there are a lot of guys, if you consider top five, there are a lot of guys that I think are really, really good. And so I kind of like that number seven. I kind of like that slot for him because that's, that's still a big right now. Yeah, it's a right going into the year. Big, it's a big jump, but he is absolutely capable because he's just a different, different dude. So anyway, let's go to quarterbacks. I think, you know, do you are you assuming they're going to keep three? I am, and I almost assume they're going to start three based on what we've seen over the last few years. Yeah, uh, yeah I think that's just a – that. yes. <laughs> I think I think it would be good if they just only start three. That will be a success this year. <laughs> yeah, right. So, and do you have Fitzpatrick starting? Yeah, I think – Okay. I think, I think it's Fitz's job to lose with a pretty wide margin. I think he'd have to really, really underwhelm um, – and I don't think they're I don't I don't think there's a competition at QB. Like there's competition across the board, but 
until Heineke starts getting reps with the ones, I don't like. I, I don't view this as a competition. I think they like Taylor. I think they also like Kyle. Um, yeah. And but I, I think they're really in on Fitz, and they believe he has kind of found it late in his career. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm with you on that. And I think if they rotate every if they're rotating a lot in practice, then we'll see, okay, it's more of a competition than thought. I still think it's it's Fitzpatrick's to lose. Um, running back, you know, I think that's gonna be a tough one because I mean, obviously Gibson, McKissick, are you assuming Peyton Barber's still back on there? Yes, but primarily just because there's not a ton of I know the Jared Patterson story is really fun and exciting. Right. But I don't know. I, I, I'm not ruling it out, but Peyton Barber is an undrafted dude out of Auburn that scored a ton of touchdowns and went pro early because he had to get money, right? Like right. his backstory is incredible. His family was homeless. Um, if he stays another year at Auburn, he probably is a draft pick. Right. You know, a Saturday draft pick. And it's Auburn. Jared Patterson's undrafted kid out of Buffalo. Great story. You know, we all know the friendship with Chase Young. Um, that said, I, is he really going to push Peyton Barber? But the thing that I do find interesting is they loved Peyton Barber for that short yardage goal right. line role, right? Right. Did you did you notice it? I asked Ron about you it. You did. Peyton that Barber was a good slimmed, question. Yeah. He slimmed way down. Yeah, no, that and was a good question. I wonder if that will have an impact. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know. And I think the other one to watch with is the Lamar Miller. And see, right now, going into the season, I would have him probably with three running backs. But I do think ultimately four beyond there. It's just that when you look at some of these other positions, can you? You're going to have to cut somewhere because I think they're going to keep ten O linemen, but um, you know, and and six receivers. But yeah, if there's three, it's it, I don't think they can keep four backs. I'm not sure that they do. And I think you could put Patterson on practice squad and Patterson would be more of a third down back anyway. And then it's a matter of, does Lamar Miller look good? If he does, then maybe you find a spot for him. But if not, he's all the way back. I mean, when was his last legit good season? It's been a few years. Yeah, it's been a few years. It's hard to get that back. So, but dude, keeping three quarterbacks is going to really limit them roster wise if they want. Because you got to keep the O linemen, and right, and now are they going to keep the game day roster machination that you can have an extra O lineman active? Do you know? Do we know that? I don't. I don't know. I think there's. I think there's some things are still the same. I know the practice squad stuff is the same as last year. So you know, whether or not the game day stuff is the same, I don't know. I don't even know if that's been decided yet. So. It's been right. hard to find, you know, some of this stuff is still, still a little bit confusing. What about at receiver? You can't get official word on anything. <laughs> no, I know. It's been difficult. So, right. uh, receiver, are you going six, seven? It's, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm kind of keeping it conventional and, and thinking they go six. Yeah, me too. And I think five of the spots are pretty locked up. Um, Agreed. I mean, Terry, Samuel, Brown, Humphreys, Done deal to me, right? Um, and I think Cam Sims is a done deal. I think Cam is a done deal. So that, I mean, AGG, Kelvin Harmon. They just they just drafted the kid Dax, who I think you get to practice squad pretty easy, right? Um, 
Now, the only thing is if, if they really want one of these returners or, right. or they really like Dax as a returner. But you got to think also that sixth wideout is usually inactive on game days. Right. So you, you need somebody that can – somebody's got to, like, cover punts and stuff too, and they love Cam Sims for that. Yep. Um, so that, that sixth wide receiver spot I think is a, is a really interesting battle, and I don't have at this point – I, I, that is like a real training camp battle, I think. And yeah. I don't have a dog in that fight yet. I don't know who the hell it's going to be. I don't either. Right right now, I would put AGG on there, mainly because he was their draft pick. Yeah, they drafted and, right. You know, Harmon, I, I think, but I think I would say that, and I, I, I know that there are things that they like about Harmon. They love his physical play. And Dax Milne, I know they liked him from the spring, but I agree with you, I think, He's a guy that you're going to project to a slot, and I think you keep him on the practice squad, let him develop, and if you need to replace Humphreys next year, he's your guy. But AGG, because there was, we just don't know yet. We haven't seen anything that says he should be on there, but he was their draft pick, and he was hurt a lot last year. And if he shows a few things, I think that he had one day in the spring where he really showed a couple, he had a couple nice catches. So, but I think you're right. I think that's going to be an interesting one there. And what do you want? Do you want that? They want another big guy and both he and, and Harmon have the size, but you know, the funny thing is nobody's putting Steven Sims on there. I would guess. It's kind of crazy. You know that he was there. I mean, I, I just did this thing looking at like kind of looking at the targets from last season and it's remarkable how bad their receivers were. Yeah. Sims was their third highest targeted wide out. Wow, and I believe I believe he had fewer than forty targets. They just you had you had two quarterbacks that didn't like to go deep at all in Dwayne <laughs> and Alex, and then you had terrible receivers on top of it. So it's just yeah. like you wonder why McKissick and Logan Thomas got the ball thrown to him a hundred plus times. Like it was lack of options and right. lack of going downfield. I think it, it's remarkable for Sim for Steve Sims because, dude, his rookie year he was good. He was dynamic. He finished and well. He, he kind of just lost it. Um, yeah, drops. The, the other thing with Harmon is if he didn't have much speed before the injury. Right. And you just got to wonder where that speed is now. But I also think receiver position, I think injuries during camp might dictate a lot of this. Agreed. Because that's a spot where guys get – banged up i mean you're talking speed guys and soft tissue injuries like that, that's one thing i'm most curious about is how much of this rebuilt receiving core gets through camp unscathed because dude i'm i'm not expecting it to linger whatsoever curtis samuel didn't take a snap in minicamp right right good point well the, you know i think with Harmon they can put him on the practice squad too if they wanted to and just yeah, see, I do too. hold him on to Tight end. Um, obviously, Logan, Bates, they're going to be on. Do you have a third tight end? And if so, who would you, you know, what are you, what are you looking at there? I mean, they kind of have to, right? There's yeah, got to be. Yeah, a third I, I think there's going to be three. Yes. You need them for special teams. You need them for goal line packages. I don't know who it is because I, I don't think Reyes is ready. No. But, but the problem is because they signed Reyes to a real contract. I mean, they'd have to release him to get him to practice squad, and I think somebody might poach him based on the interest level from his workout. And, I mean, not to, like, be a conspiracy theorist, but I wouldn't be shocked if they come up with some 
if something happens and there's an IR or, or some way to kind of get some time to let him develop that doesn't require a roster spot. Um, and then if it's not Reyes, I, it, it's that's a jumble to me of all yeah. the Ricky Seals Jones and all these other dudes, to, uh, Hemingway. Um, that, that's just to see who performs. Or, I mean, I still think some vet, like, I, I, this was a, you know how they make us do like the bold predictions? This was right. one from a while ago. I'm still watching what happens with Zach Ertz in Philly. Um, hmm. I know there's talk of a trade to Buffalo or whatever. If some veteran tight end, I'm sorry about that beeping, dude. I hope it's not driving you crazy. I, I just got a <laughs> car and I don't know how, how it like works. Yet. It lends um, ambiance. Uh, sorry, dude. Sorry to the listeners. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I, like, I think if a veteran they liked emerged in mid August or something, I wouldn't be shocked if they add some add somebody there. Yeah, and I, I'm with I think Hemingway, I think there's some intrigue there. Seals Jones, he's got the veteran, he's he's played, but I think the one thing with Reyes will be I think he's far enough away that I think you could probably stash him on the practice squad, pay him a, a decent amount of money so he know because like this is where he wants to be. So if you pay him a certain amount, because you know you can go higher on that salary. And this has happened before where they where guys have turned down roster spots on other teams because they know they want to be in this place because they know, okay, I might go over here, but I might get cut right away, whatever. I might only be there for two yeah. weeks, whatever. So I think there's a way that you could do that, but you know, but if he shows something, then they're going to have to keep him on the roster. Um, you know, so um, offensive line, are you going, I, I'm going 10. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, four tackles and then, Kind of six interior guys, roughly. Yeah, and I like to me the for me the harder ones was, and this is at the bottom end, of course. But Keith Ismail, you know, Larson, who's going to be your backup center slash swing guard? And I think that was one of the ones that was a little what, bit. You know. Wasn't Larson? I, I was surprised. And correct me if I'm wrong on this. Wasn't Larson getting the second team yes. center snaps yep. during the yep. camp? Yes, he was. And Ismail's their draft pick. Correct. You know. Um, yeah. So that's it. That'll be, that, I mean, <laughs> you are, we are appealing to the hardest core of the hard I know. I know each- <laughs> when we talk about the, the swing guard <laughs> center backup. <laughs> well, so who do you have starting at left guard? Flowers. Okay. I, I think uh, Leno, Flowers, Ruyer, Sheriff, Cosby. That's my, that's my week one starting five. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I could. I think I'm curious to see what Charles does because if he, but I do think you know you brought Flowers here for a reason. But um, Charles, there's they've been so high on him, but can the guy stay healthy? And then what can he do if he does? So I think that's going to be a main guy. Defensive line, obviously, that's a stacked area. And again, now appealing to the hardcore fan, where you're looking at who's your third or fourth backup defensive end. Who are your backup defensive ends? Because that's really the question here. Dude, I don't think anybody, I don't think they know. I think um, the NC State kid from last I don't year think they is do probably either. Uh, I think that all these guys have three names. It's hard for me to keep track. James Smith-Williams Smith is the yeah. NC State kid last year, right? <laughs> I think yeah. he is your third DN. Um, I think he showed yes. a little bit last year, uh, been in the system, and then I think, I mean, dude, I think it's one of the most underrated 
questions on this roster is the depth at the end, um, especially in a 17 game schedule with two Ferraris on the edges, right? You got yep. Chase and Montez, but after that, you've got three seventh round picks James Smith Williams, William Bradley King, Shaka Tony, and a guy they claimed off Philly's waivers last year in Casey Tuhill. And I, I, that to me, you. They chose to let Ryan Kerrigan go. That was it. They weren't outbid. They decided right. to let they him let him walk. <clears throat> Correct. And I, I think it's a real question. Now, I know he wanted to play and maybe have a different role, but I, I think he would have stayed. He was pretty clear he would have stayed. Oh, so I think he would he would have stayed. Well, the other – because, like, I'm, I'm the guy – I think a big key here is how does Shaka Tony look in camp because he's a guy that I really yeah. like as a draft pick. Does he show enough to, but because I think Smith Williams is on there because he can play tackle and he can play end. Um, you know, to me, it'll come down. You have the William Bradley King, the draft pick, but I, I, for me, it comes down to Two Hill or Tony. If Tony shows something, then he'll be on the roster. If not, you can put him on practice squad and you can keep Two Hill. Um, that's where I, but I agree with you. I think that is, I think that's an, it's, it's not an underrated um, situation for the coaches. They're well aware of their lack of depth at that position. And, and, which, you know, you can people can say, then why didn't you sign Kerrigan? So they clearly didn't think that he could contribute in the way that you that you wanted mm-hmm. to. Maybe early on he does more than these other guys, but if you're trying to build maybe the other guys they feel can do more later, but still, it's going to be an issue. Linebacker, it seems like it's the battle of the Ron Rivera special teamers for some of those spots. Jared yep. Norris, the Kunishik, you know, David Mayos of the world. Like, I, I don't know. What do you think of the depth at this spot? Which one of them went to Cal? Kunichek? Um, I think it was. Let me check. I have the roster right here. And it was <laughs> it was Kunichek. And that's a guy that Rivera has always liked. Dude, and do you remember during minicamp he was taking mental reps on punt coverage? That's yeah, my, that's, that's right. That's right. I forgot him. Yeah, that's a, a good call. How many are they keeping? I mean – I Davis, Brostick, Holcomb is obvious, right? Uh, so we're Hudson. talking about the fight for the sixth spot. Yeah, I think that'll be um, cornerback, dude. I, this I like William Jackson a lot. I'm a big Kendall yes. Fuller fan. What? And you hope St. Juice can play? Those three are locks, right? Right. What the hell happens right. after that? You're back to the same old group, dude. I mean, Greg Stroman and Danny Johnson, those dudes are survivors. Um, Jimmy Moreland. Jimmy Moreland, I think if there's any chance for Troy Apke to make this roster, I think it has to be as a corner. And they were playing him at corner a bunch in minicamp. I don't think the results were that great, but I don't think the results were that great at safety either, but they do like (laughs) him for specials. If another veteran pops up, I wouldn't be shocked there. If you can get somebody cheap late, and they also have, and I think the other guy who factors in there is Daryl Roberts uh, because he can play, he can help you in the slot too. So that's going to be, and I think if if Apke if Apke looks better than he did this spring, I think they're going to make a. Re, I think they're going to look at it and say, hey, he's ascending, or he's improving enough where he could help us if you needed him to, but he can really help on special teams. But I don't think you really want him going. I think it'd be a disaster if you went in there corner right now. Um, let's see. And in fairness to him, he's just learning the position. There's a lot of things that he has to get used to, but 
you know, I don't think he makes the roster. I didn't I have definitely, mine. I definitely don't think he makes the roster as a safety. So this is yeah, like, no, agree. We're, gonna, we're gonna try something else. Yeah, and I and I don't I don't think he'll make it. Um, last one safety then because I have you could have if you have five corners you can go six safeties based on what we've done. Um, because the one I was wondering about was Derek Forrest, but if you go six, you can keep him on there. Well, I think Landon Collins starts the year on pup, so I think that gives him a little more. Dude, think I mean that was an Achilles tear in yeah. on Halloween. Like that's yeah. a year injury, I, and I yes, know he looked pretty good when we saw him this spring. But there's looking good, moving around, and then there's playing football. He didn't take any Correct. snaps. Um, I think starting him on pup gives them roster flexibility too, because you're keeping Curl, Reeves, McCain. I think you're keeping Forrest, yeah. and I think you're keeping Everett. So that's yeah. five. And, and that because they're going to be huge on special teams. And those, you know, Forrest right. would be a big special teams guy. So, but you can I, keep Collins. If Collins is healthy, you can keep him with those groups because if you only, sure. but if you keep only five, it could give you an, if they wanted to keep somebody as an extra guy, a corner like an Apke just for special teams, you could do that if Collins is on pup to start the season. You could do that. And again, I know people are screaming at me at us saying that, but because I, like you said, I don't have him on and you didn't have him on, but that's no. the way you could get him on if they wanted to get him on. Uh, but, you know, yeah, because like we saw Landon doing some some drills, but we didn't see, you know, the hard part is to see the cutting and the lateral quickness and, and all right. that. Um, Cam McCain helped them a little at slot corner too, if, if so, yeah, but broke yeah. down that way. He can help him a little bit because he's done that. Yeah. I mean, he has that versatility. I don't know that that was his strength, but it is something he has done. And Roberts, again, I go back to Roberts, you know, he can, that's where if they want to keep him, he's a veteran, he's done that. So they have some other options there, but you know, if it, and here's the other thing, JP, like if it works well with St. Juice, now you have the ability to put Kendall Fuller back inside where he totally. is, is really totally. good. He's, so, I mean, He's elite when you can play him inside, and he's Correct. got such quick reflexes and a nose for the ball. I think, I think part of the William Jackson signing and then using a third rounder on a corner, you almost wonder if I don't know that that's the plan, but they they might love to be able to do it because think about the DBs they could have on the field in that scenario, right. especially if you get Collins back and he could kind of be that Buffalo nickel they love so right. much. Like you're starting to have a lot of high level talent on the field. Right. Yeah. And I think it gives you some flexibility. That's what I like about St. Juiced and Jackson is it gives you the flexibility to expand what you do in coverage. You're not limited to zone. You're not limited to, you know, one thing or another because they can play, they have length and they can play press man. And I, and I like that. So I think that gives them some big time flexibility. So, you know what I was well, thinking about? Sorry, I know we're going to go, but Ron had the reputation Think about Norman and Bradbury. They just and now since he's been here, his two biggest free agent signings have been corners in Fuller and Jackson. Right. It's kind of right. interesting. Like his rep was he doesn't pay corners because he, it, you know, it's the system. And now he's paid corners two years in a row. Right. And but you know, but they're not big time. But they're not like what Norman money was going to be, right? Totally. They weren't they weren't that high. So like last year they didn't really get in on a Bradbury because they knew it was going to be too high. And so I think it's it's 
build that front, get the pass rush, and then have quality corners behind them. And the pass rush can make those corners look even better. And I think, but I do think that these guys have skills uh, that that really will help them. I think, especially I think Jackson. Jackson. I really like Jackson. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, I think he could like be heading to a Pro Bowl because yeah. the pass rush should generate so much for him. And I think just getting out of Cincy, like huge. I mean, the, you know, this team, this fan base will rally behind him. And I, I think he could be, I think he could be a real ascending player in a, in a good situation. I don't think he would ever co- quite come out and say it, but, I, and he has said about change of scenery, but I think he's going to benefit in a major way from getting out of there and getting out of there just because it mentally beats you down, but also then playing behind this front. So I think there's a couple reasons why I think he could have a really big year for them. So we'll see. We'll see in a few weeks. He's kind of said it too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Well, he has said it. I don't think he said it to the degree that I think it is the case. I agree. Based on what I've heard from others. So, but yeah. So, well, JP, people can geek out over this stuff because we've, we've gone nuts and bolts (laughs) at a time of the year where we're supposed to be off, but, but that's okay. It'll get it'll set the table for everybody else for training camp. And now they're going to say, "Well, gosh, it's, now, now you got to wait three more weeks." But we'll do this again then. So, JP, have a good week off. Thanks for coming on, and tell people where they can find you. They should know. I mean, but where where can tell people where they can find you? Um, yeah, uh, Twitter's JP Finley NBCS, uh, and listen to the radio show too. Ten to two, you come on. One hundred six seven, the fan. That's right. That's there right. You Thank you, Kyle. Enjoy your trip. Thanks, JP. I want to see a picture of you on the teacups. (laughs) It's a small world, baby. See ya. (laughs) See you, man. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. What's up? It's Mike Jones from the Football Jones Podcast. I know you're enjoying your time with the John Kime Report, but once you're done, I want to invite you to come over and check out my podcast. Each week, We take a deep dive into some of the most pressing topics around the NFL. High-profile guests from the coach, player, and front office ranks, as well as the top league insiders. Check out the Football Jones Podcast, another fine product brought to you by Empire Media. That's it for this episode. Thanks to JP for coming on, and thank you, as always, for listening. A few more weeks, folks, and then we can stop speculating on what might unfold and start to actually see it. I'll be back with another episode next week, taking a look at the Philadelphia Eagles. Talk to you next time.